We have a Mike Salarte call right now. That's though. right. We He's have on the, that. He is on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, sports director at Spectrum News One, and also voted North Carolina Sportscaster of the Year by the NSMA. Mike, thanks so much for hopping on with us. Congratulations. Thank you for giving an acceptance speech here. We're not going to play the music on you. I do want to <laughs> know. I'll tell you to wrap it up. You no, know, we're not going to do that. You have plenty of time. What does it mean to you the fact that people voted for you to win this award? Uh, well, first off, thanks for having me on, guys. It really is a treat. Um, what it means is that it means everything to me because this isn't voted on. This isn't uh, something that I can go tell people, oh, this magazine is, has got me up for an award, so go vote. This is voted on by my peers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's voted on by, by you guys. It's voted on by the sportscasters across the state, uh, the sports writers across the state. Um, so for the folks that I'm, you know, elbow to elbow with, whether I'm on the field at a Panthers game or uh, in a press box somewhere, or, or you know, on doing my job on TV, uh, for my colleagues to feel that I'm worthy of that kind of recognition and honor uh, is, to me, the the most important and, and the best compliment that you can get in this crazy business. So, uh, for all those folks that voted for me and uh, and and felt I was worthy, I'm eternally grateful. It really does mean uh, it means everything. It's great. Well, and and look, I want to get your Panthers analysis. I want to get some of your Hornets opinions and all sorts of stuff. But I did want to say, and Wes, I know you were talking about how you've seen Mike out and about a million times too. It's crazy, Mike. I so when I was working with ESPN, I would go out and I would get audio, or I would go to these press conferences. You were the guy that was there everywhere I was. Like if I went to. <laughs> A Charlotte football press conference. There's a decent amount of people there. Will yeah. Healy era. There's Mike in the back. Got his camera. All right. So then I go to a basketball press conference. Men or women. If Carrick and Swager is speaking, Mike Salarte is there. If Ron Sanchez is speaking, it's just to the sideline, not a press conference. It's me. It's Mike. And it's Cameron Williams. And that's it. At a practice for us. There's Mike. All right. Now I'm going to go to a Hornets practice where only Sam Purley. You switch him out for Cameron Williams. There's Mike. Like, it's it's crazy, Mike. It really is. I want people to know that because that has to be not on just on top of the great coverage you provide, but you're covering it because you're you're there. Like, it seems like you put an importance on not only the professional sports because you're there for Carolina and the Charlotte Hornets, too. But it seems like you put an importance on the stuff that you might consider smaller as well. Why do you put so much more importance on that stuff, too, to try to bring the people that coverage as well? Honestly, guys, to me, it is uh, it was a mission statement that the guy that hired me, Jim Newman, uh, he and I talked about our philosophies and and everything. And I think that's the reason he hired me uh, was, you know, it was uh, basically it's serving the underserved. Everybody's going to cover Panthers. Everybody's going to cover. Well, there wasn't a basketball team when I was hired here, but they came back. Everybody's going to cover the Bobcats. Everybody's going to cover the big stuff. But the Charlotte Checkers. Um, Charlotte 49ers were, you know, not getting the kind of kind of run uh, when I first got here that they enjoyed prior to my uh, arrival in Charlotte. Uh, it's, you know, it's it was showing folks that hey, there's there are other games in town and there are other teams in town and athletes in town that work just as hard uh, as the as the pros do and and they're kind of you know off the radar and so we put them on the radar and um, you know and I don't. You know, other other stations have done that, and I'm not trying to say that we were the first. Um, but to your point about me being everywhere, it's the part of the job that I truly love. You know, it's, you know, being with the coaches and being with the athletes and being at the games when I can get there. You know, I, it, to to 
the last couple of years have been really hard for me to get to actual games uh, because of the, the nature of our show, our 30-minute show every night, the Chevrolet Sports Night Shameless plug. Um, hmm. But, uh, you know, it's, I just, I'm there because I love it. I'm there because I, I love these relationships that I have with the coaches, that I have with the players, the, you know, the, the relationships that I've built over time. Um, and uh, that's, that's a big reason why I think it's important to be there. And then, Mike, with such a great accomplishment that you've had, and I'm sure you've had people approach you and people approach us for different times trying to get into the business and wondering all those things, what's the biggest piece of advice that you would give to people that are pursuing uh, this industry? Uh, change your major, stay, and get, get into a career <laughs> that pays something. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. If, if you Look, I always ask, I, here, here's the question. There was a movie that came out in the 80s. And it had the greatest line. It was a Matt Modine movie. And honestly, I, the movie made such an impression on me, I can't remember the title. But Matt Modine was a doctor, okay? And he's doing his residency. He's, you know, he's, he's in this hospital. And the doctor that was in the scene with him says, why are you doing this? And, and Modine says, what do you mean? And he says, are you dedicated or are you poor? You have to be dedicated to doing this job knowing that every day ends in why doesn't matter if it's Christmas. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, uh, 4th of July, every day ends in why there's always going to be something going on. So you have to be prepared to, you know, sometimes you're going to have to work on Christmas day, or you're going to have to work on Thanksgiving, or you're going to have to, you know, because if that's what the story needs, that's what the job entails. So you have to be dedicated to it. Um, and you have to be willing to, you know, make those sacrifices and, um, and I've done that. And thankfully I've got a family that's been very understanding, um, knowing that, you know, I've got to be, you know, gone for, you know, New Year's day, which I try not to be cause that's my anniversary. Um, but knowing like Saturday was my wife's birthday and she was cool with me going to the checkers outdoor game because it was an event. It was something that was really, really, you know, big for the city. And, and I felt like I should be there. Um, so there are things that you, you kind of have to do and you try to find ways to, to make it up to the ones you love as best you can, but you have to be dedicated, uh, in my opinion, to, to do the job, right. That's, that's the advice I get. Now, Mike, one thing, when I always see you, I know you're a big hockey guy, man. And as me becoming more and more involved in hockey, I always try to pepper you with a few questions to get my knowledge up every time <laughs> I see you. So when you talk Brilliant. about, let's go. Yeah. So when you talk about the Carolina Hurricanes sitting there right now, third in the Metropolitan coming into the season as the Stanley Cup favorite, as they sit there uh, right now, seven, two and one in their last 10, what do you feel uh, about the Canes this season? Have they underwhelmed? And do you still feel like that they're that, that Stanley Cup favorite that they they came into the season as I, I think that they're still definitely a contender uh, I look at the New York Rangers and what they've done and they they are basically doing what the Hurricanes did last year getting out of the blocks quickly and stacking up wins and doing everything that they've, they've done to this point uh, when, when it comes to the Hurricanes I think right now their biggest uh, their biggest soft spot is in goal um, because with Piotr Kochetkov being sidelined with a concussion, that's leaving Antti Ranta to mind the store, and it's no knock on Ranta, but behind him is a rookie that won the national championship with Quinnipiac last year, Yanni Peretz. That's not the guy they envisioned back being a backup goaltender this season. So injuries have been a problem. Frederick Anderson is still out with the blood clotting issue. Um, so you know we're waiting on him to see if he's going to come back. Uh, so that's really the, the, the one spot that I look at and say that's where they're the shakiest. Because I love their defense. I love their, their, their top 60 are 
in my opinion, one of the best, if not the best, group of defensemen in the NHL. And then their forwards, they can go four lines and they can play, you know, a skill game. They can play, a, you know, they can play a bump and grind game. Uh, you know, they, they can play any style you want to play. So I, I, I think if the Hurricanes can solidify the goaltending aspect uh, and shore it up as best they can, I think they can very well be a legitimate threat to win the Cup. Mike, obviously the Panthers very much in the news as they look for another head coach in consecutive years here. What's the number one quality you want in the next head coach of the Panthers? Oof. Wow, that's a really, really good question. Um, first off, I want to—I'm uh, going to break some news here on your show. I have uh, removed my name from consideration for the Panthers' job. So, you have it, uh, folks. It's Boom! A, it's a damn yeah, shame, so, to be honest so with you, Mike. I just want everybody—I want everybody to know that. Um, the, what, what do I want? To, what am I looking for in a Panthers coach? Man, you can give us a top name too, if that's better. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, there's, I mean, there's, there's lots. Look, there's lots of good candidates that that are on their list. They've already had five interviews. You know, they've talked to uh, Chris Tabor and Najero Rivera already internally. Talked to three others, external candidates. Um, man, it, you know, to me, in a perfect world, you don't lose Najero Rivera. He stays as a defensive coordinator or gets promoted to the head coach. Because um, there's got to be some semblance of consistency and continuity. There hasn't been continuity in six seasons. Uh, I mean, you, you guys have seen it. You, you guys have known what, what this team has gone through. Um, if you're going with an external candidate, then you also have to understand the fact that they're going to bring in their own guys and their own assistants, uh, the guys that they want to hire. So um, I think the biggest question mark, though, and I think you guys, you may or may not agree, I, I personally think they've got to hire the GM first. And once they hire the GM, you get the GM's voice in the room about hiring the coach because the GM and the head coach are basically joined at the hip when it comes to making personnel decisions and doing all the things that they've got to do. So um, I'm I'm more interested in, in seeing what the general manager position looks like and how they fill that. Um, and if it, I mean, in a, in a in a crazy upside down world, if it ends up being a guy like Bill Belichick who's going to be head coach and basically player personnel guy, which I'm not suggesting that's the case because I don't think he's even on their list of, of candidates to interview. Um, then then you don't have to worry about the GM position. But if you go traditional, I think you got to get the GM and then you got to find the guy that's going to work best with him. Now, what does it all mean? It means that the Panthers' offense has got to find something, whether that's uh, a different scheme, whether that's letting the offensive linemen do what they do best, which is you know road grade as opposed to you know zone scheme stuff um, or, or spread stuff rather. I, I don't know. You know, it's the the new the new uh, the new coaching staff is going to have a lot of uh, a lot of input and influence on what this offense looks like next year. The one thing we know for sure is that Bryce Young is going to be here. So, I mean, that's, I think that's a given. So beyond that, it, it really is going to be interesting to see how this organization uh, comes to an agreement on the head coach because they, I think you guys would both agree, they've got to get this right. Yeah, Mike, and with this being your first time on the show, I've definitely got to get your opinion. Do you feel like that Bryce Young is that guy to lead them, and how long do you foresee this potential rebuild taking? Well, I do think Bryce is the guy. Uh, let's 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 say that I'll, I'll say that loud and loud and proud. Um, he's he's so quiet and understated, but he's a competitor. I mean, I, I think we saw they only won two games last year, but think about the the game winning drives that they put together to win those games. The Houston drive was what sixteen plays, seven and a half minutes. The the Atlanta drive to end the game to close out in a game winning field goal was in a in a monsoon. Uh, that he had to make some big-time throws. He's got the tools. He's got the ability. 
last year, last season, I, I personally, I don't think that the uh, the offensive scheme was the right fit for the personnel. What Frank Reich and, and, and Thomas Brown wanted to do, I don't think it necessarily fit the group that they had. Um, and those guys have forgotten more football than I'm ever going to know. But this is just my opinion. Um, so I think that whoever comes in has to understand, you're tied to Bryce Young and he's not going anywhere. Let's make it work with him and what we've got and how can we augment either receivers, offensive line. Uh, the running back position, I think, took a major step last year with Chuba Hubbard. Uh, and, you know, and if Miles Sanders can be the guy that, if he comes back, if he's back next season, because uh, that's always a question mark. Um, you know, Miles Sanders, I think, has a lot to prove, not the fans or the team, but to himself, because he was pretty down on himself with the way he played, um, and he was the first to admit it. So um, it, it, it really is a very intriguing offseason with what's going on down on Midstreet. Not every day you get to have the North Carolina Sportscaster of the Year on your show. We appreciate that title belonging to Mike Salarte, Sports Director at Spectrum News One. You can also follow him on Twitter, by the way, at Mike Salarte. Mike, thank you so much for the time, man. Congratulations. We'll have to have you on back soon to talk Canes with Wes. Guys, <laughs> Thanks, thank you <Mike>. very much. <laughs> Thanks again for having me. I really do appreciate it, and I do appreciate the kind words. Thanks, guys.